man, this ain't Monday Night Football. This is the Ring Scoop Podcast. Let's get with it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the Ring Scoops Podcast, and I am your host, the webmaster, Wade Needham. Ha 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 ha, applause there, yeah. All right, that's right, this is the uh, the Ring Scoops Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, um, coming at you right here on ringscoops.com, on Anchor, wherever else you like to listen to your podcasts, and this is the second part of of the unfiltered interview with the legend of Southern California professional wrestling, the ex- the expert Matt Sinister. Uh, in that first part there, Sinister talked about um, his, uh, his career in, in the world of wrestling, his uh, suicide attempt in 2016, his relationships with Jake Alexander, a.k.a. Black Metal, uh, and Jesse Hernandez and, and the Empire Wrestling Federation, um, talked about a lot of things there. Uh, in this second part of the interview, this very open, candid conversation with Matt Sinister, he talks about um, life after wrestling. He talks about you know what he's been up to, uh, his update on his health and uh, future endeavors. Uh, talks about the vaping community that he's a part of now and uh, his um, getting back into shape. Uh, he has videos up every week on his TikTok, on his Instagram, um, across social media and whatnot. And Matt has been doing a phenomenal job this year, getting back into shape, feeling a lot better. Um, you know, still some bumps in the road. I mean, we're all human, right? I mean, we, we all experience it. But uh, Matt's doing uh, doing a lot better now, and he, and he goes into detail about it. Goes into detail about his personal life, um, his health. His uh, his his rise on social media, Club Sinister, as he calls it, Club Sinister. And uh, I'm not going to waste your guys' time. We're going to get to it. Here's part two, ladies and gentlemen, with the expert Matt Sinister on the Ring Scoops podcast. You know, I wound up, uh, you know, leaving, you know, leaving my wife, getting divorced, uh, going back to security work, and uh, just kind of changing my life. You know, and then I met uh, my girlfriend, uh, my partner, who's, you know, been so amazing to me in my life. Uh, her name's Laura, and she's got two amazing children that, you know, cancer took that away from me, my ability to be able to have children. And I have got to experience what, it, what it's like to a small degree. It, the kids do have a father. They have a father in their life. Yeah. And... Uh, so I have to toe that line. I have to respect that. Yeah. I don't, as much as I don't want to sometimes, I still have to. And, uh, you know, but I've got to experience to a, to a degree of what it's like to be a father, at least a father figure, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we live, we live in, uh, she has a house here in Upland and, uh, you know, I moved in about two, a little over two years ago and, um, I, uh, we got, we have five cat. We, at one, one, one point we have five cats, two dogs and a bunny. Wow. Now, uh, she had a chihuahua that we also had to put down oh, and, sorry. uh, um, uh, my dog Chewy, we had to put him down first, Yeah. but we still got uh, all these cats and, uh, didn't you name some of your cats Tango and Cash? 
Yeah, the the the, the youngest ones are Tango and Cash. Yeah. Uh, there's another cat named Natty, and then Dexter, the oldest cat, was a cat that I got through uh, the the uh, Riverside Animal Shelter. That actually, uh, Justin, the referee, Justin Borden, Justin Borden, he'd actually fostered Dexter. Okay. Okay. You know? So uh, yeah, now Dexter's still kicking it. He's chill cat. You know, big baby. Looks like Garfield. Yeah. So he's the size of Garfield. He doesn't look like Garfield. He's the size of Garfield. Okay. You know? Yeah. I'm sure if I put a plate of lasagna in front of him, he eat the whole thing. But um, <laughs> he he gets meow mix, you know. But uh, um, so yeah, we we're we're doing good. Um, and um, the only thing that's happened to me recently is uh, last year. I was working as a supervisor at Kaiser Permanente in Riverside. Ironically, the hospital that I recovered in from oh. my suicide attempt. Wow. And uh, kind of goes full circle in a yeah, way. Yeah, it goes full yeah. circle. I went from being a patient to being in charge of security at the, at the hospital. Nice. So when uh, COVID broke and the quarantine started, yeah, um, lockdown started, uh, they were not allowing visitors unless under special circumstances, usually if you're in intensive care or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, but they still Kaiser Permanente in, in Riverside is a giant hospital as well as an urgent care and doctor's offices. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge place. And they would, uh, they would still allow people to go to see their doctor, you know, for a doctor's appointment, you know, you know, and temperatures were taken outside. Everybody had to wear masks and gloves and, you know, use hand sanitizer and all this, you know, it was a real bunch of craziness. And, uh, but all you had to do is, is say, Hey, I'm going to see my doctor. I have an appointment. They'd let you in. And then you could go across the hall and try to go in to see somebody. Yeah. So anyway, uh, some guy, uh, that easy, uh, huh? started, yeah. So I started working eight, the, the, the things were so disorganized. There was such a turnover rate. I was putting in anywhere from 65 to 80 hour weeks. Holy crap. You know, from either from from uh, from either 8 p.m. till noon the next day or midnight till noon, midnight till two. Yeah, there was there was one time I worked 20 20 hours, put wow. a 20 hour shift. My my life was uh, wake up, drive through on the way to work, work, get DoorDash or something at work, drive through on the way home, sleep for two or three hours, maybe four if I was lucky, and then do it all over again, six days a week. Only reason I didn't do seven is because they'd have to pay me double time and they didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I wound up gaining a lot of weight. I gained a lot of weight because I was, you know, the only comfort I had in my life was food because I, I couldn't, I had no time for it, nothing, you know, it was causing a, you know, I had no time to, to spend with my family. I had no time to spend with my friends. All I did was work. So anyway, long story short, uh, some guy got him, you know, the lockdown going on, not allowing visitors. Some guy went into the maternity ward to try to uh, visit his baby, to visit, uh, you know, his girlfriend. Okay. And they weren't getting along. He was basically just the baby daddy at this point. Yeah. And he started making noise. I, uh, you know, and, and so they call, uh, um, they call security to come get rid of this guy. I, I, I get up there and it was on the third floor and um, as I'm coming, he's walking towards me and the nurses are following him and they point him out and I say, is this the guy? 
And uh, now, Grant, now, now, mind you, this was at 10 a.m., and I had been working since 8 o'clock the night before. Mm, okay. And this guy just starts mouthing off to me. And then he come, he starts charging at me. Was this a big dude or a small guy or average, average, not small, not big, but you know, he's about maybe five ten, you know, five nine, five ten, maybe two twenty. Probably like a like the size of like a like a tarasso or a chowder. Oh, he's bigger than chowder. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, maybe like like uh, Kazarian or Sky. Okay. Yeah. yeah, maybe that. Yeah, that's the you know. Uh, so he starts coming at me now. I was not wearing a mask. Masks were we weren't required to wear masks yet. And this guy's screaming at me, and I like he could spit my mouth. I I don't know what what could happen. Oh man! So he starts charging at me, and I push him. Uh-huh. I keep telling him get away, get back, and he gets closer to me, and I push him, and he went flying across the hall and then landed on his ass and slid up against the elevator door. Jesus. He had a bag of bakers in his hand and I guess there were chili cheese fries in it. Uh-huh. And he throws the bag. I mean, now I'm the security supervisor. I'm wearing a white shirt. Yeah. And it explodes all over me. Oh, and then man. he charges me. We, I grab him. Now this is at 10 o'clock in the morning in front of a lot of witnesses. So I have to do the training that they, you know, if this had been at three o'clock in the morning, been a different story. But, yeah. So I am trying to do what they taught me to do, you know, as far as takedowns and you know how to do make a proper arrest and all this stuff. Cause I got all these witnesses here. You can't pick them up and Spicoli driver them. And, no, uh, right? no, like, no, no, <laughs> no, believe me. One guy almost got, yeah. If I had, if I had, since I was lucky to have my wits about me, there was one night out in the parking lot. I almost powerbombed the guy. Ooh. Wow. Because he came running at me. He's a little dude. He came charging at me, and I picked him up, and he went up like this. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you know, it's a podcast. You can't see, you know, what I'm doing. But he basically charged me head first, and I grabbed him around the waist and picked him up, and he he, he went up into the, into the Northern Lights. Yeah. And I could have just let him drop, and I didn't. I, gra- I dro- held him on my shoulder put him down, headlocked him and took him down and arrested him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, in this situation, this guy comes at me and I grab him and he gets tangled up in my, you know, I had a radio receiver on my, uh, with a cord on my, uh, shoulder, uh, pocket. I had, you know, gear on, you know, everything but a gun. Okay. Everything but a gun. You have a taser? No, no tasers. Just, nah. you know, no, I don't need any of that crap. Uh, that would have been but, fun, though. Just eh, right in the- Yeah, maybe. But uh, <laughs> I prefer a cattle prod like the Mountie. You know, that would be better. But, or Scott Hall. <laughs> uh, yeah, or Scott Hall. Yeah, that's how you, that's how you beat Goldberg. Yeah. Cattle prod to powerbomb. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then you do the finger point of doom the next night. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> hoping that the guy knows how to work, right? <laughs> yeah. Hoping the guy knows how to work. Um, Actually, somebody else worked at the hospital. One of the wrestlers worked at the hospital uh, in the pharmacy. I'm trying to remember his name. Was it Richie Slade? Yes. Yes. Richie Slade. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm on point today, man. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I'm terrible with names. I could, I can remember faces. I can't names would always slip my mind. Yeah. 
But uh, I hope you don't mind. I was name dropping him. <laughs> no, no, no. Richie's a great guy. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've known Richie some for of the 205 live stuff, and that's been really, really I've, awesome. I've known Richie since two years before he got in the business. So yeah, he, he was a great guy. And uh, um, so anyway, we're we're this guy gets tangled up in my shirt and my radio receiver, and and I'm just trying to like get him off me so I could do the, this takedown thing that they taught me. Um that I'd been taught before, but I knew it was, didn't work in certain, in most circumstances, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing that. And then I'm picking the guy up and trying to throw him off me and I can't get him off me. Well, he gets one of his arms freeze and starts punching me in the face. Ooh, and that's when I said enough. Yeah. And I grabbed him by the throat and started to squeeze and said, let go of me. And he, yeah. he, he tapped, he gave, and I wound up cuffing him. And, and then he tried to get up while he was cuffed and I had to tackle him back down, landed on my left knee. Um, so anyway, I wound up doing damage to my lower back, to my neck, huh. um, to my left knee, to my right arm, my right hand, my wrist. Yeah. And, um, the, the punch, you know, he, he cut me open a little bit, but I mean, I'm done. I've had juice plenty, plenty of times. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was nothing. Um, so, you know, I wound up going to the emergency room. They did some x-rays on uh, my knee and my hand. And they're like, go ahead and take a uh, few, take four days off and then come back to work and see how you feel. Well, um, I went home, didn't think anything of it. Woke up the next day and I couldn't move. Ooh. My back was locked. Jesus. And I was having spasms shooting up my spine and down my legs. Ah, that's the worst too. Shit. And, you know, so then I, uh, you know, I took some gimmicks to kind of numb myself up and got out and tried to stretch. And I was like, this is no good. Monday morning, I called and said I needed to go see a doctor and get some x-rays and see what was going on. Yeah. And, uh, and then the doctor wound up putting me on, taking me off work and, you know, I, uh, I was off work from March 29th when the incident happened till, till July. Then they tried to put me on modified duty where they sent me to this ghetto ass place in Pomona, this food bank mm. where I was just supposed to make sure people wore masks and took hand, use hand sanitizer when I come in. But yeah. I was sitting in a chair the whole time. So I could get up and pace around a little bit, but I was stuck. The security job that you had, it wasn't it, with Kaiser itself. It was with a different place. It was a place. separate company that worked, that was contracted. And they outsourced it to different locations. Well, yeah, they, they, yeah. yeah, they did. Okay. But I, I mean, I, no, I only worked at Kaiser, but then when I, you know, I was placed on modified duty, you know, there was no modified duty at Kaiser. Yeah. So they were just like, okay, well, we have this little thing we can do through what that we can outsource you to this company. And, uh, it wound up making things worse, just made things worse Wow! because I, you know, and I, I warned him too. I said, look, I cannot defend myself very well. Yeah. So if something happens, I'm going to do whatever I can to end it quick, you know, and they were freaking crackheads and prostitutes all over, you know, this is Pomona, oh, man. you know, so it was really ghetto. Yeah. And, uh, then I wound up talking to my lawyer, you know, cause I, 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 I hired a lawyer immediately. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Went down. You know, you know, I, in my first rodeo, I, I, I knew what to do and I hired a lawyer. 
Smart man. And uh, so I talked to my lawyer and they go, okay, well, we'll send you, you know, you've done the, uh, you've done the insurance company doctors. Let's send you to our doctors. Your lawyer and wasn't so, Ebony Blade, was it? No, it wasn't Ebony Blade. Oh, okay. No. Um, <laughs> Ebony Blade. <laughs> uh, That's a callback. <laughs> there's, a name, there's a name from the past. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I went to see, you know, then I went to see the doctors through the, through the, through the lawyers, and they, they took me right back off work. They're just like, no, no, we're, let's, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, like I said, I had put on a lot of weight. I was probably around 275, 280 pounds when the, when, uh, I started working for that company and I had ballooned up to 365 by the time the incident happened. Wow. And then I came home and I was just laying at home watching TV and ordering door, you know, ordering pastrami burritos and pizza and Taco Bell. You know, I was horribly depressed. And uh, so I did that. And uh, and then I had, then I, then I was going to try to, you know, do a juice fast. And, you know, I mean, in fact, I did. I did do a juice fast. I did a 10-day juice fast. And I was going to try to start doing DDP yoga again. Yeah. And uh, then they sent me back to the modified duty, which made things worse. Mm. And then, uh, then I, then come October in 2020, uh there was, I was trying to do it again. I did another juice fast. I did like a five day fast to kind of get myself prepared. Then I started, uh, you know, trying to do yoga and go for walks and do a lot of, you know, and then Chewy died. And then the biggest thing that happened was my father passed away in November. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear Suddenly, that. Yeah, it was, you know, I was real close to my father. And so the holiday, so, you know, I remember going, I had to fly out to Florida, which was not fun on my back. Mm. And, uh, I went, uh, you know, and while I was there, I was, there was a, next to my hotel room, there was a, uh, a Rite Aid or a, you know, Rite Aid or a Walgreens or something like that. And I was going over there and grabbing every snack they had. And <laughs> I was just stress eating. And during the holidays, I was stress eating and just doing whatever the hell I wanted. And uh, I ballooned up to 409 pounds. Wow. It could have been more, but uh, I, uh, the scale said error. So, um, what? yeah. So I wound up uh, knowing that I needed to do something. Yeah. And I hired a personal trainer, a nutritionist, starting in, in mid-January. Uh, and... Then I did the keto diet for, uh, for 12 weeks. And then I've been doing, you know, I've been, I've gone back to juicing and, and, you know, a lot of more raw foods and, um, but in 22 weeks, I've lost 50 pounds. Nice. Congrats. Yeah. 12%, uh, 12, I'm sorry, 12 inches from my waist and 23% of my body fat. Wow. That's, that's a hell of an improvement, man. You know, so I'm on my way. I may be looking at surgery on my back because there's pretty much a hole in my spine. There's a disc that has been ruptured. Yeah. And uh, so there's a hole in it. And what they're talking about doing, like, I don't even qualify for surgery right now because I'm too heavy. So I'm trying to get this weight off me. So what they could potentially do is go in with like some balloon thing that they could put in there and try to reinflate the disc. 
Oh, okay. You know, and that's what they're talking about. Now, that, now, there could also be a spinal fusion as well. Yeah. But uh, that's, we'll see. You know, that's where what we're looking at. The doctors are hopeful this thing could heal by itself. If not, they'll do the surgery, you know, and if that doesn't work, then, you know, potentially a, a fusion and similar surgeries that a lot of other uh, wrestlers have. What a lot of people don't, you know, you know, and, you know, with wrestling, you know, I, yeah, I took bumps and I, you know, I, my back was sore. I'd go to a chiropractor, go to a massage therapist was fine, you know? And even during that time when I was doing commentary in the UBF, you know, I was selling it as though it was my back, but the reality was it was the concussions, you know, my back. Yeah. I, my back was in pain. Yeah. Um, but I wound up recovering from those injuries. Well, how, how much of the, the cane was a work and a shoot? Uh, the cane was a, um, no, the cane was a shoot, but it was a shoot in the sense that the reason I have the cane was to, if I had a spasm, so I wouldn't fall. So okay. I had something to hold on to. Yeah. I didn't need the cane to walk. I'm using the cane again. Uh-huh. Sometimes I need the cane to walk. Other times it's just a, it's a crutch to, in case I have a spasm. Okay. And I mean, things are 10 times worse than they were back then. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but this time I'm trying to do it without taking medication. You know, I, I, I do have prescription, but I'm, you know, mainly sticking to like ibuprofen and some of the lighter muscle relaxers. And, yeah. you know, I have a Tylenol with codeine prescription, but I'm very, it's only nights that I'm like just in so much pain that I'll take one. Yeah. I'm taking 12, taking one. Maybe okay. two. Uh, that's but, good. Yeah. yeah, no, and I, I I rarely drink anymore. That's good too. Um, you know, just a beer here and there, or a cocktail here and there. You know, uh, because I just I, I don't want to go down that road again. You know, at all. Yeah, no, I I don't want to see you go down that road again. And I don't, there's a lot of other people out there that don't want to see you go down that road again either. You know, I've been seeing your progress on TikTok and Instagram like every day, every week when you post your videos, and yeah. it it's inspiring, man. It really is because I noticed in my own, you know, way of life in the last couple of months, I've I've kind of changed my diet, not like anything too crazy, you know, like a hairpin turn kind of, you know, switch, but slowly over time kind of been changing some stuff for the good and been feeling a lot better than I did back in like March and April. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're a big inspiration behind that, man. I'm, I'm happy that uh, I can be that. I've gotten a lot of whole reason I started this whole, you know, TikTok Instagram thing was because I wanted to have other people, you know, I wanted not, it, it wasn't so much to try and inspire others, but was to, kind of put it out there and see what, what, you know, what kind of comments I would get, what yeah. kind of, it was also just, you know, something for me to do. You know, I do a lot, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm at home, you know, I, I take the kids where they need to be taken. I go to my doctor's appointments and I go to the, the store and to the gym three days a week. And the other than that, I'm at home, you know, so I wanted to like kind of do something. Yeah. And, you know, I've had people say to me, God, you look great, man. You're doing so well. That's the magic of editing. 
No, but know, I mean, if you were to go back to the early videos and, and see them now, I mean, there's a big change. Yeah. There are when we yeah. reconnected on through TikTok, you know, several months ago, and I first saw some of your first videos, I, I kept like thinking to myself and I was showing Crystal too. And both of us were like, is that Matt? Because you were Crystal, almost... Crystal hasn't left you. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Maybe she's gonna go to like Turkey and meet some guy on like Instagram or oh. something. I don't know. But um, no, I'm kidding. Chris no, is Yeah. But oh, I remember. I remember when on commentary when uh, Tommy Wilson took the cake from her, and you were like, "Tommy Wilson just took cake from a fat girl." <laughs> <laughs> Which today I would get you know canceled for saying something like that. You know? Right. <laughs> There's know? a lot of stuff that I think even I would have been canceled with some of the oh, shit that God, I said ten years ago. It's just it's gotten so bad. Yeah. With uh, you know how you know you can't say this, you can't say that. Right. You know. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh please. Yeah. Um, well, I remember but, uh, we did that anti-bullying show that one time, and I remember Tommy Wilson. He went up to Jake and he asked Jake, he "Goes, how am I going to be a heel at an anti-bullying show?" And Jake didn't have an answer for him. No. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, I mean, I was like, I remember that. I remember telling him, "Look, just have him go out there, just have Wade get his his comeback or so that, like, you know, because <laughs> this the feud with you and Tommy was great too." Yeah. Oh, dude, Tommy and I, we talk about that at least once a week. We, we kind of bullshit about that. And he always tells me that's one of the best periods in his career was because we never had a match. We never got in the ring. And he said he had so much fun doing that. He never had that before. And I, I'm always blown away by that. And I know recently, Tommy, he's had his own troubles that he's been going through and whatnot. And he, yeah, I've seen, I, I reconnected with him on Instagram. Yeah. He's, he's been through a lot in the last year, year and a yeah. half. Yeah. It was, you know, it's unfortunate. He was a hell of a talent. And he oh, should have been yeah. able to, he should have been one of the guys that got to AEW and, you know, Absolutely. and just, you know, you know, what's interesting is Excalibur, another guy who came up in the Rev Pro ranks. Yeah. You know, he, he, he makes me laugh because like, like just like out of nowhere, he'll say some, something and, I'm like, why did he say that? Like, like the young bucks will be wrestling and he'll, they'll do something to like, they took that out of the old super dragon playbook. And I'm like, <laughs> nobody knows who super dragon is in AEW. What you, you know, you know, yeah. he mentioned Taro at one point, you know, um, what's great is, uh, I am still very close with, uh, uh, Taro and like just recently for my birthday, I had, uh, Taro and disco machine, uh, come out and we all got together and had a beer together and it's like that's friendships that you know you cannot go you can go years without seeing each other and then when you see each other it's like you saw each other yesterday yeah you know and uh so i still have some 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 good friends of uh guys that uh i um came up with the business uh and uh you know, I, I, I talked to Taro, you know, we're texting each other here and there, you know, we have the whole airplane movie thing going on where like, I'll text him something and he'll say Roger and I'll, I'll go, or, and I'll, I'll go, huh? You know, or like, if we're about to go do something, I'll say, I just want to tell you, good luck. We're all counting on you. you know? um, <laughs> nice. Or just every now and then he'll text me something and I'll say, surely you can't be serious. And he'll say, I am serious. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> you know, we'll do things like that together. You know, we'll text each other goofy shit. And, um, you know, uh, another good friend of mine, Gene, who wrestled as Yakuza, 
when I wrestled him, when we came up together in the business, he wrestled as Tiger Joe. Um, you know, he and I are still really good friends. Uh, we talk all the time. We're actually going to, he's going to come over uh, this Saturday and we're going to uh, hang out, you know, watch Cobra Kai and, nice. you know, watch stuff. And um, so it's nice to have some, some guys that you came up with and you're still really good friends. I've known Taro, uh, Kevin Lyon. I've known him since I was 17. Oh, wow. You know, he was a referee that, yeah. that got thrown into, that he got thrown into midget wrestling. <laughs> you know, he's not a midget. He's just short. Yeah. He's skinny. Wow. And then that led to him, like, uh, you know, just wrestling more and more and more. And then he started wrestling, you know, he got over and had a lot, you know, he and, uh, he and, uh, disco machine had a match at my benefit show that, uh, that Jesse had put on for me. And they did like, they did some of my moves. They did the, the move that they know I annoys the hell out of me when you throw a guy into the ropes and you catch him with an abdominal stretch. Never made any sense to me. Why don't you just do an abdominal stretch? Why throw the guy in the psychology of it? If you're going to put a guy in an abdominal stretch, just put him in the abdominal stretch. Don't whip him into the ropes. Cause then he, he he's free. He could do something. Yeah. You know, um, so they did that. I remember they, they did, you know, when uh, in 93, I was a real big mark. And that's when the Lex Express and all that <laughs> shit was going on. And I was a huge Lex Luger mark. And so they were, uh, I remember they did the, uh, Disco did the power slam and then went and started, ah! started signaling for the torture <laughs> rack and all the other. They did all that stuff. And uh, that was that was really cool. You know, Mr. Excitement was, worked on that show. Um, you know, that was... That was a lot of fun. And uh, there's even guys that I haven't talked to in years, but I mean, I could, you know, if we ran into each other or we called each other or, you know, text, Facebook, whatever, it'd be like, like we, we hadn't lost touch. Yeah. That's the you best know? kind of friendship right there. Too. Yeah. And it, it sucks is I always felt like I had that with Jake. Yeah. And, and here's the reality. I'm not, I mean, what I, what I've been talking about has just been the truth. This isn't sour grapes. Yeah. I've long got over all that. Okay. You know, and I'm over wrestling. I, I still watch wrestling. You know, I still read the dirt sheets. I still, you know, but I'm not like I tried watching Raw. I don't know how many times I tried watching Raw, and I was like, oh God, this is awful. Um, yeah, Raw, but, Raw is uh, pretty tough. Yeah, Raw's tough to watch. SmackDown's a little easier. Yeah. Um, but that's on Friday night, so I, I'm pretty much the guy who goes to YouTube and watches the review show. You know, if I hear about something, I'll go. Like when I heard about the Ricochet uh, and. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Johnny Morrison. Uh, when the, that spot they did on Raw, where Morrison was sitting on the guardrail and Ricochet slingshot this springboard crossbody onto, you know, I, I saw that or Kofi Kingston's promo, or uh, you know, an yeah. AEW, and uh, you know, I'm loving some of the stuff they're doing in AEW. And then I love what, listening to Jim Cornette's podcast and listening to his shit all over everything. Oh, Corny's <laughs> fucking great. Corny's hilarious. Oh, I love Corny. Um, I got a sign to eight by ten behind me on the wall from Corny. Got that uh, a couple months ago. It's definitely a prized possession. Yeah, no. Uh, and what so many people don't realize it's a work. It's he's he's, he's working everybody. It's a gimmick. Oh yeah, he's been you doing know, he, the same thing for thirty five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, you know. But he's he knows how to. He's one of the few guys that know how to still work yeah as a character i'm not and talking not about that, but like he's, i'm he's talking a, about a character but he's adapted to technology and how distribution is nowadays too and that's that's the brilliant well he's got people that helps him yeah you know, i mean he's well, still yeah, but uh, i mean he's still got the mind for it though 
Yeah. Yeah. He still talks about how, uh, you know, he had trouble with Facebook. He had trouble. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to do Netflix. Yeah. Or his emails yeah. <laughs> or his email. Yeah. And so, but I mean, I think some of that's a work too. I think yeah. he's just being a genius trying to be the old out of touch guy that well, everybody yeah. says he is, <laughs> but he, he makes a lot of valid points about the way wrestling is today. You know, I mean, I used to get shit for the, for some of the moves I would do that I was doing too much. Yeah. This is, you know, I never had a match where there were 15 super kicks. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you remember during commentary, I used to be the guy like, this is wrestling. What is all this kicking? Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, if, if I ran into Jake, you know, it, you know, if I was at a grocery store or a restaurant or something, he's telling me, like, hey, Jake, what's up? You know, I yeah. wouldn't be like, hey, you fucking asshole. No, I, no, I'm completely over that. I'm, I've, I've, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, I've come to a piece with, uh, you know, how my wrestling career was, what I got to do in wrestling. You know, it wasn't very much, but it was, you know, it was 11 year career and then in wrestling and then like a five, four or five year career in commentary. And, uh, you know, I got to do way I look at it now is I got to do something I always wanted to do since I was 10 years old. Yeah. Not a lot of people can say that. So, you know, and I have no desire to go back. I have no desire to be part of uh, wrestling anymore. However, um, and I'm not just saying this cause I'm like, hint, hint, wink, wink. No, no. Um, if it happens, it happens. Good. Uh, it'll be fun. But if they ever do the Hall of Fame in EWF, um, that I would come back for. You would, yeah, absolutely. I would come back for that, and you know, maybe do commentary the main event. And, you know, maybe you and I could do something. And that, that's on the record right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, right. I would be more than happy to to uh, and just it would really be nice to you know. I would like to talk to Jesse and reconnect with Jesse and just kind of you know, I mean you know, you never know what's going to happen. And, uh, I would like to just kind of make peace with him. And, uh, cause believe it or not, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, ain't the first time we had a falling out. So, <laughs> um, you know, and every time we got back together, everything was great. Um, and you know, I, I it would be great to just kind of come to terms with, uh, Jake and, you know, just kind of just say, hey, like, the whatever, it's all in the past. Who cares? You know, I got issues that are, that are going on in my life right now. You know, I got situations that I'm dealing with. But uh, other than that, I'm generally doing very well in my life. And uh, so I have, no, I have no desire to go back to wrestling. Um, do I miss it? Sure. I, I, I miss performing in front of a crowd. I don't miss the travel. Yeah. I don't miss getting paid shit. Um, but I do miss performing in front of a crowd. Um, I get to do that on a limited basis now with, uh, I'm a big part of the vaping community okay. and, uh, how's, how's that going? What's, what's that oh, all about? Well, I mean, vaping is a safer alternative to help you quit smoking. Okay. And, you know, you see these truth commercials and all this crap, especially during raw and, um, this, that all has to do with money. Yeah. Uh, you know what the MSA is? Uh, not familiar with the no. master settlement agreement oh, back okay. when the tobacco companies were getting sued because they lied about nicotine being addictive about cigarettes causing cancer. The government made a deal with them. Several States 
made a deal with them that they would receive a certain amount of tax revenue money every year as part of this master settlement agreement in order to settle the losses. And they had to pay a bunch of other people that were that had cancer or been sick or whatever. And uh, however, when vaping became was invented, now pol- uh, politics and government being what they are, they got the what they were told was going to be the certain amount of money each year, which increased for inflation. So they went out and took bonds on all that money. Now, when people started vaping, mm-hmm. that wasn't under the tobacco control because it's not tobacco. There's some there's nicotine in the e-liquids. Yeah, a lot less uh, nicotine in most cases. Um, but it's not tobacco, so it didn't fall under the MSA. Okay. So the tax revenue was far less than was originally predicted. So you got governments in a lot of different, including California, that are going to default on those tobacco bonds because Mm -hmm. they are not getting the money from the tax revenue that they originally thought. So what do they do? Well, how do we get people to smoke cigarettes again? I know, we'll start screaming about children and the children are vaping because of flavors. And, you know, it's, yeah, here's the thing. Kids are not vaping because of flavors. They're vaping because if you take a jewel pod, which has 50 milligrams of nicotine in it, and it is meant to be used like you were smoking, uh, like you would originally use a pack of cigarettes, which are 20 cigarettes, mm-hmm. is the equivalent of a pack of cigarettes, and you're supposed to vape it at the equivalency of smoking a pack of cigarettes. Like if you smoked a pack a day, that jewel pod will last you all day. Okay. Kids are taking this pod and vaping it like crazy to get high. Ah, shit. Not because of flavors, and they've even yeah. proven that most kids are the flavors they're getting are are mint. You know, <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's like we could have birth cake, birthday cake flavored vodka, but then they they start using this this uh, you know flavors hook kids thing, which is just it's all just a scam to try to regulate and put vaping under the tobacco uh, umbrella so they can tax it. And yeah. for the big corporations like Marlboro and Camel and all those, because they are losing so much money now because so many more pe- people are switching to vaping and it works. It's yeah. not like Nicorette and the patch and all those things. Vaping works. And that's probably got to be a reason why a lot of the whole marijuana stuff in the last 10 years started switching around, right? Well, that's a different, that's, that, that also had to do with money and well, yeah, culture, politics. Pe- yeah. people, people just realizing that it wasn't, the, the evil weed that every you know, devil's yeah. lettuce that everybody said it was. Oh yeah, that was actually bullshit. a very profitable industry, and yep. it could be used used to help and treat people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I'm 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 involved in that community. Um, I go on you know YouTube shows occasionally. I go on. I actually have a podcast. You know, I'm a I'm the co-host of the podcast. It's called the Cloudy Days Calm Nights Podcast. You go to YouTube. You look up a guy called Lethal Coils. You can find uh, on his YouTube channel, you can find it, or you can find it on Spotify. Um, we were working to get it on SoundCloud, but then we wound up having to take a hiatus. But we just came back uh, last week with a show. Um, so uh, it's been proven that vaping is 95% safer than smoking. Okay. That the, the nicotine is not the problem. Nicotine is just like caffeine, very benign. Yeah. Too much of it can be an issue. But other than that, it's it's benign. 
The real problem is combustible smoking. Vaping, when you see a cloud come out, when you, you, it looks, you see vapor come out of somebody, it looks like smoke. Yeah. It's not smoke because vaping is heating something causing evaporation. Mm-hmm. Lighting something on fire and burning it and inhaling those, the, plus cigarettes have chemicals, you know, 70 different carcinogens, you know, that is what the, the, the issue is. Yeah. So anybody, anytime anybody says, oh, vaping's just as bad as smoking, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. And when they say flavors hook kids, they don't know what they're talking about because kids are take are using these, these, uh, these jewel pods and other pod systems that have, that have 50 milligrams of nicotine, which is similar to what a pack of cigarettes has. And they're using it to get high. Yeah. You know, you got to remember kids were eating bath salts and, you know, sniffing, you know, doing whippets and, you know, all kinds of crazy things. They'll do anything to get high. <laughs> Tide pods, you know. Yeah. So that's what's really going on. And uh, it's just unfortunate because a lot of businesses, a lot of mom and pop industries have been put out of business because of all this regulation that's going on and all these anti-vape laws and flavor bans. And, you know, it's just been disgraceful. And the reality is that the government is just trying to get people to smoke again so they can make money and eventually get it under so the big big tobacco can take and big farmers behind this too because pharmacy is losing money when people aren't getting cancer when people aren't taking you know using the patch and the the nicorette and all the other things they give you to try to help you quit smoking yeah they're losing money too you know and uh i've seen i've seen you know people with copd and asthma they quit smoking they started vaping it all went away Wow. You know, and it wasn't because of the vape. Yeah. It was because they weren't consuming combustible tobacco. Instead, they were vaping and it was so much safer. You know, I vape 0.3% nicotine. Wow. There are four ingredients in e-liquid. Anytime somebody tells me vaping is just as bad as smoking, I go, what are the ingredients in e-liquid? They don't know. because They don't even know what the hell e-liquid is. Yeah. You know, when you hear about there's metals and chemicals and all this, that's just not true. None yeah. of it's true. And so, you know, there are four ingredients in e-liquid. 70% of it is vegetable glycerin, which is in 90% of our foods. Then uh, propylene glycol, which is safe. They used to pump propylene glycol through hospitals to, to sterilize things and you know, it's perfectly safe. So that's usually, you know, around 30% of it or 25% of it. You know, and then flavoring, different flavors. Yeah. And I, t- I told you, and then a small, very small percentage of nicotine, you know. And for anyone to say that that's the same as smoking cigarettes, when cigarettes have 70 different carcinogens in them, as well as burning, you're lighting something on fire and inhaling it. Yeah. It's not the same. It's like a, it's like a a diet. I mean, it's all about uh, moderation, right? I mean, like you said, if they're doing the whole thing all at once, I mean, that's, that's bad. It's like going to a buffet and getting five plates in front of you and just cramming it down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, it's actually worse because this is a, you know, you're, you're, you know, well, I mean, it's probably, yeah, I imagine you eat five plates of food at a buffet and yeah, <laughs> your digestive system is not going to be doing very well. Yeah. See, um, I play it smart. I go to a buffet. I do one plate at a time. I don't do five at once. 
<laughs> I see what you did there, and it's not the same thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm involved in that community. And as I told you before, you know, I'm, I, got a, I, got a, I got a family now, a beautiful girlfriend, two great kids. And, uh, you know, I'm doing well. I, you know, I'm doing well in my life. You know, doing this, uh, you know, hashtag Club Sinister. And, uh, you know, it's great is that I've incorporated wrestling things into the vaping community. Really? You know, yeah, Powerbomb the World has become a, a big thing in the wrestling community. Like, I joke around, like, I'm not the guy to do diplomacy. I'm the guy that you card out like Hannibal Lecter when <laughs> diplomacy has failed, and I'll go out and powerbomb everybody. You know? Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, and, you know, I've gotten little terms into wrestling, or I mean, into vaping from wrestling, uh, and it's it's great. It's, uh, it's an amazing community to be a part of. Very bunch of really amazing people. All use, over the world. Use your, your, your line, don't work me? You use that yeah. in there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, don't work me's in there. Like I said, you know, power bombing is a big thing in there. Um, you know, I got the hashtag Club Sinister. Um, oddly enough, another thing <laughs> that got involved was uh, that I got out there was the term blowing mud. Blowing mud. Not familiar with that one. Well, I, it's everybody says take a shit. Oh, okay. So instead, I say blowing mud, and blowing that's mud. that's blown up. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> in the vape community, you know, and uh, which is just it's silly, it's very childish, but it's funny. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's you know, I'm uh, going to be doing a YouTube show on next, I think next Saturday called that, that that's based in the uk see one thing that we've learned from the pandemic mm -hmm. is that is that we can really communicate with each other with technology like discord and zoom yeah. and you know so uh i've gotten to know some amazing people in all over the world people in australia england canada uh i even know a cat in jordan um you know africa you know, just it's, and then you have people all over the United States. In yeah. Africa, really? Yeah. Including the rains down yes. in Africa? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. All right. Yeah. The rains down in Africa singing the Bonanza theme song. <laughs> uh, and, and you, no, and you know I'm all, not going to sing that now. You know all uh, the words of Bonanza. Yeah, I know all the words of the Bonanza theme song. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, uh, like, you know, I'll say it one more time. I will come back for the Hall of Fame, TWF, and I'd like to have some, uh, you know, closure with some of those guys. And just to be part of that would be awesome and amazing. And also, uh, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing, you know, I'm battling this injury. I'm trying to get my weight down, you know, possibly to have surgery. And, but I'm not letting it control my life. Yeah. You know, I don't sit around all day and feel sorry for myself. You know, I've, I've had moments, you know, everybody has moments or oh, yeah, of you know, day to day things. We're human. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. but I mean, the last, you know, I had, uh, uh, when fought this past father's day, I was really not doing well on father's day because my, you know, it was my first father's day with my dad. Yeah. 
you know, and his birthday's coming up July 5th and I'm going to, you know, I'm probably call around, call some family, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's hard, but, uh, I don't do what I did before where I was just constantly number one, numbing the hell out of myself with pills. Yeah. And number two, uh, feeling sorry for myself. You know, I have a lot of good things in my life. Not, not, not everybody does. And I try to be humble like that of, I, uh, I just try to be humble and just go, well, you know what? There are some people with some really serious shit going on yeah, in their absolutely. life. And so, I mean, yeah, I got, I'm, yeah, I'm injured. Um, what's what the future of that is, who knows? I'm doing the best I can. You know, people see these workout videos, you know, and they go, wow, you're doing amazing. Yeah, that's the magic of editing and putting hashtags and music and things in a 59 second video yeah. uh, on, uh, on TikTok and Instagram. You know, that's, yeah. Yeah. You're, looks, still, you're still putting in the work though. And people yeah, see I'm putting that. in the work, you know, you know, you know, and then there's, there's so many days that I, I'll go home after, after a day of training, you know, I'll be in the gym for an hour and I'll go home and I'll be in the fetal position for the rest of the day. Yeah. Cause I'm just, I'm in just in horrible pain, man, but I'm fighting through it, you know, and some days are better than others. Yeah. You, know, you have your good days and bad days, but I'm doing the best I can and I will continue to fight and continue to do what I've been doing uh, because I'm the expert and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed you are, Matt. Indeed you are the expert. A legendary career in the world of professional wrestling evolved into having such a happy life outside of the ring. I'm, I'm glad to, to hear that. Glad to see that. I've noticed the happiness mm. that you've had in the last few years there and uh, you know, finding uh, new explorations to do uh, joining the, the vaping community, as you had pointed out, you know, it's, I'm, I'm very glad to see what you have been doing since you have left the world of professional wrestling. Yeah. Like I said, I, I got a great family. I got good people in my life. I got uh, the vaping community. You know, I've also been uh, watching the hell out of van life and travel trailers. And I have too. RVs. Have, did you ever watch and, the, the one with the girl and her dog that turned the van into a, a house? Oh, I've seen a ton of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's this guy, particularly this guy, his YouTube channel is called Living the Van Life. His name's Chad. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the catalyst for it. And I, I'm watching videos all the time because – I'd like to think that uh, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, I'll have the, the resources and the finances in the future to be able to, for, you know, once the kids are grown and out of the house, that, that uh, Laura and I can, uh, you know, travel around in an RV, you know, or either a travel trailer or a toy. I've, toy haulers are amazing. Yeah. You can take a toy hauler and you don't have to use it to load, you know, side-by-sides or motorcycles or whatever. You could just deck the thing out into like a huge you know, playroom or, you know, you can make it like your own living room or some of these huge fifth wheels are just insane, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, yeah, this is how I want to retire. That'd be awesome. Yeah. You know, so there's, you know, I have plans. That's good. And, uh, 
we'll see what the future holds. What I do know is that I will be here. I'm not checking out any, I'm not checking out anytime soon. And, uh, I'm going to, uh, continue to power bomb my way through life. There you go. That's, that's a great attitude to have right there, man. Hashtag club sinister, hashtag power bomb the world. There you go. Club sinister, ladies and gentlemen, Matt, I want to thank you so much for being here on the podcast and opening up and letting everybody know what's been going on behind the scenes in front of the crowd, everything, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, thank you for, thank you for having me. It's good to, you know, talk wrestling again, you know, and to, to be, be here in something having to do with wrestling, you know, that has never left me. The character of Matt Sinister has never left me. That was always just an aspect of my personality with the volume turned way up. Yeah. And, you know, I'm still, there's still, you know, the volume's obviously not turned up as high, but there's still plenty of parts of that character that are still part of my personality, my sense of humor, you know, my attitude. Um, obviously, you know, you can't just powerbomb somebody, you know, it'd be nice, but you <laughs> just can't do that. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, even little guys, which you don't need their help. You can just pick them up and do it. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, uh, it's good to, uh, you know, I, like I said, I do miss wrestling. I miss performing. Um, but I'm completely content with never doing it again. The, the uh, EWF uh, Hall of Fame comes up. I'd be happy. I'd, I'd love to be a part of it. If it doesn't. A sarah, sarah. I would I would love to see you go into the EWF Hall of Fame. I think it's well deserving. I think it's it's overdue. I think um, I would I would I'll be there for it if it happens. Well, you're going to have to be because I'm going to insist we do commentary in the main event. All right, <laughs> there you go. I would man, I would love to throw the headsets on again. Hell yeah, and, and call a match with you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and you are more than welcome to be on the Ring Scoops podcast at any time. Anything that you got on your mind that you want to sure let you the ever world know? you ever want me on as a guest? Just you know we you know this was kind of a catch up and uh, you know revealing and telling you know what happened. You know, I mean, who knows how if Jake hears this, how he's going to feel about me talking about that stuff? But right, you know, it's not out of malice. Like I no. said, this ain't it wasn't sour grapes. Yeah. It was me telling the truth about what happened. Yeah, you know, and, and, look, and there's nothing I was wrong with just it. As, I was just as responsible for my actions, you know, but, you know, others' actions um, were, you know, they were responsible for too, yeah. you know, but that's all water under the bridge. Um, like I said, if I, I would love to see Jesse, love to see the boys. I'd love to, you know, you know to, to have a conversation with Jake and, and just, you know, but I'm not, I'm not longing for it. You know, I'm not just sitting there going, God, I guess this is if I could just do this, you know, you know, it's like, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not bitter about the screw job. Yeah. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a good comparison there. <laughs> you know, God, it took, you know, how long did it take for him to get over that? Jesus. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, thank you very much for having me on. And uh, yeah, I look forward to doing it again. You know, next time we could just talk about, what we've seen on raw, what we've seen on the Indies, you know, what's great is that the pandemic's over quarantine's over, you know, I mean, we still got some silliness for the rest of the year, but you know, the Indies shows are going to start up again. 
you know, I'm, you know, I already saw EWF's got a show coming up next month. Uh, this weekend. Oh, it's this weekend? Yeah, July 3rd. Oh, okay, so that that would technically be next month. I keep forgetting. Yeah, 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 neither of us are wrong. Um, <laughs> so I think it's Taro's birthday. I think I got to give him a call. Um, but anyway, uh, again, thank you, Wade, and I look forward to it in the future. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that concludes the two-part interview with the expert Matt Sinister. Again, thank you so much to Matt Sinister for being on the Ring Scoops podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, We're definitely going to have Matt on future episodes. Had a great time talking with Matt. And um, yeah, man, uh, Sinister, you're always welcome on the Ring Scoops podcast, brother. Always welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to check out Ring Scoops on social media at Ring Scoops, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, twitch.tv slash Ring Scoops, the Ring Scoops wrestling card game at ringscoops.com and prowrestlingtees.com slash Ring Scoops as well. So, yeah, that's it. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm the Webmaster Wade Needham saying thank you, good night, and be cool.